When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real 2. My name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is... Sesame, water bottle, and Carta. Water. Yeah, I was looking around for something I call my middle name, and I just... I looked at one of my... Let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven water bottles in my room. So I, I gotta clean those up. Now you yeah. know you have to add another one so you can have an even dozen. Yeah, true. Yes. Because, well, technically I have a jug of water, so I guess that might count like a gallon jug. Okay, so, so you're good. Yeah. So uh, today we have an interview with uh, filmmaker Anthony Wright. He uh, recently finished directing a movie that he wrote called The Ride to Nowhere. will be out sometime soon. He talked to him about that and about filmmaking and the Northwest Ohio area and life in general and different things. Uh He's a good guy. Um, known him for years. He's a really talented uh, filmmaker. Here's the interview. Yep. First, I just wanted to thank Anthony Wright for joining us today. How you doing today, Anthony? I'm doing great. Doing great. Just living the dream. Yes, the dream. Everybody's trying to live the dream, I think, because the world's <laughs> kind of a nightmare at the moment, but we're all just living in a dream. Yeah. First off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I've been living in the Toledo area for the past 28 years, and for most of my life, I have been an independent filmmaker. I've fallen in love with uh, pointing a camera, a video camera, at a young age, and since the age of 10, I have not stopped. I specialize in shooting weddings, promotional content for schools and business. Uh, sporting events, music videos, all sorts of content, really. And on top of that, I also shoot narrative films. And I've been in post-production on my latest film, The Ride to Nowhere, for the past couple months now. And we are ready to wrap that up very soon. And it's definitely been an exciting process. Nice. What uh, what initially like sparked your interest in film as a kid? I remember... When I was younger, one from one of my friend's birthday parties, we went to go see a Star Wars movie, and I thought it was like the coolest thing ever. And basically, 
I started to wonder a little bit, like, how did this get made? Like, what was the process like? So, like, I watched, um, it was fun watching, like, the behind-the-scenes videos of, like, how they made those movies, and that inspired me to, um, I grabbed my family's old VHS camera, and we started filming, like, these, like, lightsaber battles in my basement. <laughs> they were goofy, but, I mean, yeah. it was a lot of fun. And actually, fun story, actually, um, the other day, I went to Conan Harrisburg, and I got one of my VHS uh, tapes um, transferred to digital, and last night, we, my parents and I were hanging out, we were watching. In, uh, one of the very very first films I made back in like 2007 so that was that was a really fun experience nice def <laughs> definitely fun to relive those moments so yeah, yeah it, it's cool to have like you know your childhood on video so you can go back and watch it is there like a filmmaker or um, besides, you know, I know you said Star Wars kind of interests you, but is there like a filmmaker or anybody that's influenced you like the most in your uh, filmmaking? As a kid, I really loved George Lucas. Actually, he was uh, who I went as my map for the Wax Museum presentation in fifth grade. And I obviously I loved his work. And then that I loved Indiana Jones. Those were really fun movies. American Graffiti. That was a good one of his. And then growing up. More recently, um, obviously, I'm a big Stranger. I'm a big Stranger Things fan, and I love the Duffer Brothers. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite shows. And I started. I know I'm a little late to the game on this show, but uh, I started watching yeah. Breaking Bad semi recently. Oh wow! And yeah, Vince Gilligan might actually be one of my uh, other favorite storytellers in the industry. Like I can, it's just like Breaking Bad's an amazing show. Uh, Better Call Saul that just finished its run. That's amazing. El Camino. Yeah, all three. I think I think it's called like the Albuquerque series or something like that. Like yeah. his own like Gilliverse. Like I I think he's just an incredible storyteller, and he's really influenced me recently. So definitely love. I hear he's a nice guy. I uh, I interviewed Larry Hankin, who uh, he plays the uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he's like he runs like a junk yard he's kind of a skinny older guy that runs a junkyard in Breaking Bad and in El Camino he said that Gilligan is like a great guy to work with so that's kind of cool yeah <laughs> yeah that's so that's so cool I have to take a look at that I yeah. was in um I know that guy was in Home Alone yeah, the first one. Um, he was in. Uh, he had a came like a brief scene in uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah, and that's like obviously the greatest Thanksgiving movie of all time. Like I've oh, yeah. watched that around the holidays. That's like in my top like ten of favorite movies of all time. Yeah, he was he was in Seinfeld and Friends and a bunch of things. So yeah, he's he's been around. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, and I, I love the cinematography in Breaking Bad. Like it's just so <laughs> like the choices they make of like camera angles and everything too. That's very I don't know inspiring to me too. You've you've got this movie coming out called The Ride to Nowhere that I've I've read a little bit about. Can you give us like a basic idea about what it's about? Yeah, so this is a story about a young man who embarks on a road trip to visit an old crush and he brings his good friend uh, Zach along for the ride and then all the journey is just filled with countless surprises and unexpected turn of events. I was really a big fan of like 16 Candles, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. A lot of John Hughes movies because I yeah. love how those movies like there's there's funny moments in them but there's also like more heartfelt and serious yeah. And um, another, actually another big filmmaker who inspired me was uh, Rob Reiner. He made Stand By Me oh, in yeah. the 80s. That's that's probably one of my favorite coming of age stories. And that was, um, I, we watched that all the time as a kid. And he influenced this film as well. So I love, yeah, I love Rob Reiner, Stephen King, like those kind of stories. And yeah, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of, this movie was a lot of fun to shoot. We have pretty much all of our pickup shots done. And now we're moving in though, just getting little tidbits out of the way, like music. My buddy Jared's composing the score and just additional little things for audio as well so yeah we're really eager to share this with everyone i feel like this is going to be a film that everyone can relate to yeah it seems like it uh what's your uh what's your plan for releasing like are you going to go to festivals or are you gonna just release it on dvd or in the theaters or what are you doing 
So the plan when we're done is to submit it in a film festivals. And then I want to get into like three or four just to like kind of like build the hype with it. And yeah. then the, the idea would be to have like after like getting accepted into like three or four festivals, we want to have like a local premiere. Um, the Mommy Indoor is a great establishment. I actually premiered my last film Monarch there. And that was yeah. definitely an exciting time. So yeah, there's there's a lot of fun spots we could premiere. But I think the Mommy Indoor is definitely one of the best in the area. So yeah, I recommend checking out Monarch. I, I really enjoyed that. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah, the Maumee is a great place. I've premiered Thank a f- few movies there myself over the years. What would you say, like, um, if there's anything that you wish you knew going into making your feature, like, before you started? Oh, man. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, man. What would I have, what would I have known? Dip? What, do, what do I wish I would have known? Yeah, I mean, obviously, there was... Obviously, the one thing I would is uh, get rain care for your camera equipment because we had several shoots, I remember, where it was just pouring down <laughs> rain. And I forgot, like, I kind of, I mean, I knew, like, my camera, like, it could handle a little bit of rain. But, like, there are days, like, it was, like, pouring and we obviously had to, like, postpone specific shoots. Yeah. Um, I looked everywhere for like rain gear for my camera. I couldn't find anything online, but yeah, I would, I wish I like in like the more like the pre-production stages. I wish I invested more in like rain gear. Like that definitely would have helped. That would have helped the things that would have helped speed things along a little bit too. But, um, yeah, that's the big one. I know like just preparing for the elements. That's my big takeaway. Yeah. I know in a lot of movies, like they'll have, uh, what they call a cover set for that purpose mm-hmm. like where you can shoot another scene that's indoors so you don't have to worry about it but i don't know with a road trip film that you're doing if that's possible so it's kind of hard to do you know so yeah it, i understand it, i mean that that sounds like a challenging aspect but was there anything like you found like overly challenging like making the film or was did it go pretty smoothly i mean for the most part things went really smoothly um my cast and crew were super eager and amazing to work on this and um yeah everyone came in with um everyone came in gave it their a plus effort and definitely after editing the film for a while you can definitely tell everyone came in guns a blazing ready to give it their all and yeah we're really excited to share this yeah where, where'd you uh find your cast and crew was it all local people or? yeah so most of the talent is from the toledo area a group i remember meeting our lead actress lee at a film toledo mixer um in october of 2022 that was um i met her there and i told her that oh hey like i yeah i'm making a movie right now and i'm looking for actresses uh would you be willing to audition and she sent in her she i sent her she sent in her monologue she did a fantastic job reading that and she did another great job with reading off sides for the movie and she got the gig and then um our two actors our two lead actors ben and yusuf uh, they went to the University of Toledo, and that definitely helped out because that everyone, yeah, networking in college is incredibly important. <laughs> that might be the most important part of college for me. It was just like getting to know like amazing talent. Yusuf, we yeah. met, we worked on a couple projects before we made um, the Ride to Nowhere, and I knew that I wanted him in the project. Uh, ben, I reached out to, and he did. He gave me a great audition, and yeah, just networking there was just incredibly important. And also, yeah, not besides for meeting the meeting um some of the cast members network i remember my buddy Jarrett cunningham he's a composer for the film we met in um i think it was like a film i forget which exact film class it was it may have been like a sci-fi class i remember like we watched a bunch of sci-fi movies and i met him in that class yeah and he started doing um i think it was like after, shortly after that class i reached out to him and i said like hey i'm looking for a boom operator for my new film monarch would you be willing to help and he ran audio for most of that production and he also mentioned to me that uh, he'd be willing to score the movie too and he did a great job there and he um he scored he's now scoring the ride to nowhere right now he's been uh very busy with that and i'm he's been doing 
such an incredible job piecing together the score for the film. And I think everyone's going to, it definitely elevates the production. He did a great job at piecing all that together. Do you have any like uh, other music in it besides score? Like any like local yeah, music actually, at all or is it um, just score? There's a couple scenes that take place in bars. So my buddy Tanner and then um, another group called Eerie Points, I reached out to them and I asked if I could play some like their rock music like in that, um, for, like it's nice to hear like local music yeah. like in the background. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. And then, uh-huh. um, yeah, Eerie Point, um, the band I just mentioned, uh, they gave me the thumbs up to use a couple of their other songs uh, for the movie as well. Like, there's, like, a montage portion. Like, there's some, like, fun, like, they got, like, like yeah. some fun, like, upbeat rock and roll music. That was fun to add in there. And then um, a couple of other, other artists... Um, uh, Max Boyle, he was on The Voice a couple years ago. I re- he went to my high school, Central Catholic, and I reached out to him and I said, hey, um, I'm looking for uh, some music to play in uh, one of my coffee shop scenes that we shot. And um, yeah, he gave me the thumbs up yeah. there and it sounds really great. And then another um, another incredible, a couple other incredible artists uh, who let us use their music, um, TJ Sloan. I remember you remember, I remember you worked with him. We worked together on the, one of the um, New Blood yeah. movies back in the day. Yeah, he let me use one of his hip-hop songs for a scene. Yeah. And then um, another great artist is Jacob Sigmund. He went to St. John's. Uh, we worked on a couple projects way back in the day. Good. He gave me the thumbs up to use some of his music. And I'm going to keep it reiterating this. Like, there's so many... Toledo has so much underrated talent that like it's just so great to like incorporate in this project like you never would imagine like everyone assumes like the bigger cities around here like Cleveland Columbus uh Dayton Cincy like that everyone figures that like all the talent is like in that area but I feel like Toledo is just incredibly overlooked and oh yeah I mean it's got it's got great musical talent great filmmaking talent great writing great um stand-up comedy even it's just like everything I'm you know, and, and yeah, yeah, TJ's a great guy too. I'm glad you're using some of his music. He's very talented. Worked with him on probably about three or four different projects. He was in uh, Pi Day, Die Day, which I directed as well. So he has one scene, and <laughs> but it's funny. Nevertheless, what upcoming projects do you have? Anything in the pipeline after this? Or are so you the just current still focused plan right on now this? is to finish on, to complete working on the ride to nowhere um, within the next couple months. And I want to take kind of like a little bit of like a hiatus and then start to come up with new scripts, new ideas, because I definitely, I don't plan on giving up on filmmaking anytime soon. This is something I can see myself doing till the day I die pretty much. So, but yeah, the plan is to just like after making the ride to nowhere, take like a little bit of a break. And then after that break starts to develop new scripts, um, new storylines, and then get something crazy. That's good. I mean, sometimes you just need time to de- decompress too. I know that. I've I've done things where I've gone from one project, whether it be filmmaking or another aspect in my life, where you go from one thing right into another and you don't have that downtime yeah. and you just feel like overwhelmed. So yeah, it's it's good to have a little bit of a break, I think, and it helps your creative juices to flow. Was there anything while you were filming Ride to Nowhere that was like a funny incident or anything like that? Yeah, that there were some set? funny moments I remember. Um Oh boy, I, I was. It feels like <laughs> shooting was such a blur, even though it was only last year. Far time, there was so many just really exciting yeah. moments. We had some goofballs on set, definitely. I remember um, Brad Hashem. He plays. He has a fun role in the movie. He was such a blast to work with. I remember we had. I remember going to one of the one of the bigger shoots. Like I remember it was like a back to back two day shoot. And it was like, they were both like all day shoots, I remember. And I remember Brad Hashem, he, he has a, very, like I said, he has a really fun role. He was just such a goofball to work with. And he made it so much fun. I remember those days. I remember, yeah, those are, 
such a blast. And I remember um, my cousin, actually, Patrick McCarty, a.k.a. guy in the 419, uh, he has a role in the movie. And I remember yeah. when he came on set, it was just such a fun time because we actually made, I helped him out with a bunch of skits back in the day, like when I was like a little kid. And yeah. I remember, <laughs> oh boy. I remember, yeah, it was fun. It was kind of like a fun full circle moment, <laughs> like having him on set again, because it was like, it was very surreal because like, he, we made like these like killer doll movies like about like we made these like goofy movies about like a killer doll named Talking Tina that comes to life. I remember we made that one when I was like 12 and to, like <laughs> work with him again like when I'm like 28 and he's like 40. It's just definitely it was definitely a surreal moment. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah, I've, yeah. I've known Patrick since he was a little kid. Did you go to Central? You Did you go to Central with uh, Brendan? Yeah, I went to school with his brother. Yeah, I, I was a little bit older than his brother. So, yeah, I went. I. I think he was like a freshman or a sophomore okay. the year I graduated. So yeah, but yeah, I've I've known them since since uh since I was at Central. Go Irish, go Irish. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you see as like the future of filmmaking in this world with like things like AI and you know a lot of things in the world changing? You know, because mostly all that goes to theaters, and I mean, as an independent filmmaker, it's kind of harder to get your name out there, unfortunately. But, you know, it's like you've got AI, you've got everything being like, you know, comic book movies and sequels and remakes and everything, and it just seems like that's the only things that seem to sell nowadays. Do you see any kind of change coming? Or I think people are going to realize that AI is, isn't all as cracked up as it is, and they're going to realize having yeah. just like just amazing writers, amazing cinematographers amazing directors they're gonna realize that like oh shoot this ai route isn't all that it's cracked up to be okay. and they're gonna look more towards us yeah and then realize that we're the real deal and obviously what happened over the summer with all the strikes it seems like they're starting to pay off more people are big corporations big studios are gonna realize that um yeah like the writers and the actors the people who are protesting are the real deal and they're gonna realize that somewhat of ai is yeah like i said earlier not all is it's cracked up to be yeah i agree i mean the main thing i've always said you know especially when it comes to writing is that uh you know ai doesn't have the childhood yeah. trauma of somebody you know so or or the memories or the you know you know the love affairs the emotions or whatever you need to tell a story you have to actually have experienced it i mean it can learn how to somewhat replicate it yeah exactly like without those experiences it just comes off like it feels like a product was come off comes off like a conveyor belt and it just isn't the same whatsoever yeah, i mean you, you can tell a you can tell ai to like you know write me a movie mm -hmm. in the style of Martin Scorsese but it's just going to seem like a fake Martin Scorsese thing cuz it doesn't have the emotions that he had or his writers had you know you can't say like oh write something like kevin yeah. smith because you're yeah, not kevin smith exactly you know so it's just like it might be able to sound sound similar to him but it's not going to be him um or those are the only filmmakers i can think <laughs> of at the moment but yeah the, uh, i've got a few fun questions here for you oh, nice. that are completely off the off the topic of everything okay first off ariel or jasmine Oh, Jasmine's from Aladdin. Yeah, I would go with her. That's that's uh -huh. one of my favorite movies uh -huh. as a kid. Robin Williams is a legend. Who's your first celebrity crush? Oh, snap. That's a good one. Huh. I would say when I was growing up, I had a big crush on Allison Stoner, who was like in Cheaper, the Cheaper by the Dozen movies. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah she was Toledo. from obviously around the Toledo area too. Actually, fun yeah. fact. I remember in fourth grade, I remember I was in fourth grade way back in the day. I feel old by saying that. I went to go shadow like a different like school. And then the same exact day, 
Allison Stoner came to visit because, like, she was, like, good friends with, like, one of the other, like, students in my class. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's just, and I'm like, of course I missed out on that day. Of freaking course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was definitely, like, one of my bigger crushes back in the day. Like, she was in, like, and besides from The Cheaper by the Dozen, she was in a bunch of, like, Nickelodeon and, like, Disney Channel shows as well. So, yeah. Yeah. She was. She has a good podcast all about, like, child stars right now. I can't remember the name of it, but it's really good. I've been listening to it. So, yeah. What is your dream, like, travel destination? Like, if you could travel anywhere in the world. Oh, man, that's a good one. Dream travel destination. I would say Hawaii. I've always wanted to go there. Like, yeah. I would want to go there in the wintertime sometimes because obviously here it's been great for the past month, it seems. And, like, one of my big goals at some point like, would be to just take, like, a week and a half and just go, like, out west to Hawaii and just, like, hang out there for, like, that amount of time, have a, just get a good tan and then come back because, like, normally – no, it'd be. I feel like that would be so refreshing and fun. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was your last Halloween costume? I actually went as Billy Butcher as the boys last uh, Halloween, and that was really nice. fun. Like I, well, I got like the <laughs> um, the floral short, the floral shirt from Amazon, and then like I got my hair cut, and I like started to like adjust that. And I was walking around yeah. people. I was like, "Oi!" <laughs> <laughs> I love the boys. That's such a good show. Are you excited for season four? Yeah. I'm I haven't seen that spinoff show yet, though, the, like, Generation. Gen, yeah, Gen V was really great. That might be, like, my favorite, my most favorite recent, like, superhero show. Yeah. Like, like last year, like, it feels like there was, like, a drought of content. Uh-huh. Like, there was obviously Secret Invasion from Marvel that kind of felt watered down. Uh, yeah. I saw Echo recently that was okay. But the, yeah. Gen V was just such a fun show. Yeah. I had a great time nice. with it. Yeah, the uh, the cool thing about the boys too is that it's run by uh, Eric Kripke from Sylvania, Ohio. So yeah, didn't he go to like I think he went to like Southview or Northview or something like yeah, that? Yeah, one of the one of the two. Yeah, that's yeah, so I, cool. Um, yeah, I've talked to him before. He's a really nice guy. Um, he uh, mm-hmm. I, I would love to get him on the podcast. I haven't yet, but uh, he's <laughs> no, but he he was you know he created Supernatural and sure. a bunch of other and Timeless, which was a show that I really liked. He co-created, which. Unfortunately, only lasted two seasons, but time travel. Yeah, so I know, I know, he came back to UT or not UT, um, Toledo, semi yeah. recently, and like tickets to like go see him sold out like that. Yeah, was... I know. I was so upset I didn't get one. So yeah, I oh, wanted to go man. see him, but yeah, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, definitely. I'm a big Mountain yeah. Dew addict. <laughs> yeah, trying <laughs> to change that. Like I've definitely been trying to like cut down on that, but like, oh yeah, Baja Blast got back to the shelves recently, and it's just like, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so it is so freaking hard to sway away from that. Like I walked in the, I walked in the 2024 thinking to myself, like, okay, I'm gonna eat healthier, drink healthier, and it's gonna be <laughs> definitely cutting out most of the carbs and all the sweets. And then of course I go on to Facebook one day, and it's like, oh, Baja, Mountain Dew Baja Blaster. <laughs> Back on the shelves at Walmart, I'm like, son of a gun. And of course, like, I went there, got like a 12 pack, and I was like, okay, after that, I am done for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do. I know. I mean, yeah. I've done that every year myself, like, where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to eat a lot healthier this year. And then it's like, oh, tacos are so good, or whatever. Yeah. You know, you're just like, it's <laughs> challenging because, like, all the food and drinks that are bad for you are, like, also the best tasting, at least for me. So it's just, yeah, it's such a challenge. And they're usually cheaper, too, you know? It's just yes. like, you know, it's, it's, it's like, more expensive to eat healthy, sadly. 
Do you have dreams that you want to achieve but are scared to do so due to self-doubt, fear, and other people's criticism? I have just what you need. You need a dose of the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast where I interview guests that will motivate and inspire you to stop at nothing to achieve your dreams. And always remember, if you believe, you can achieve. The Living the Dream with Curveball podcast is available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, everybody. Why don't you give the old Black Lincoln Collective podcast a listen? We're funny, we're fat, and we're here 24-7 at blcpodcast.com. Anytime you want to listen, anywhere, all your favorite podcast apps. Of course, we have a YouTube channel where you can stream live with the show. Check out our shorts. We're funnier the less you hear of us. That's been a Black Lincoln Collective podcast at blcpodcast.com. One more fun question. Who is your favorite musical artist? Oh, that's a good one. Man. Favorite musical artist. Is this like a band or like a solo? Either or. I've always been, I can give you my top three favorites of all time. I've always sure. been a big fan of Led Zeppelin, Queen, and the Beatles. Those yeah. might be my favorite like musical acts of all time. Definitely. Because obviously the Beatles reshape music. Um, Led Zeppelin, I remember I was introduced to them like in sixth grade and I fell in love instantly. And Queen, who doesn't love Queen? Freddie Mercury's yeah. a legend. I know. That's such like, that might be like one of the most entertaining music acts in history, what, pretty much. What'd you think of that new Beatles song that they put together? I enjoyed it. I Yeah. I thought it was heartfelt. I liked, I remember I was on the way to the gym and I had the radio on and it said like, in just 10 short minutes, we're going to play the last Beatles song ever. I was like, Ooh. so like I drove around like my area just to like <laughs> wait and listen to it. And I thought it was really great. It was, um, I love the story behind it too. I don't know if you saw, saw the short film. Yeah, I did. YouTube, yeah. Like how like, um, they pieced it together, like through all these years. I thought that was really intriguing. And it's just, it's so surreal that a couple months ago we were still getting Beatles music, even though John and George are deceased like it's definitely yeah. it's definitely wild and then like obviously in the 90s we got free as a bird that was like that was really yeah. touching piece as well so it's definitely yeah I've, I've always been a big beatles fan and whenever they do anything it's just it always intrigues me and i'm really it's, happy that i i'm really happy that i managed to see ringo star and paul live nice that definitely is um yeah i can tell my kids i saw half the beatles and <laughs> that to me is just really awesome the the ai used on that was actually a good use of ai on the yes. new song but yeah. <laughs> Ringo came to the Toledo Zoo, I remember. I think it was about 10 years ago, and that was such a fun show. Like, he played with, like, Santana. Like, there was, um, yeah. there was, like, some, like, big names with him, too. Like, I think Toto was with him as well. And that was just a really fun show. I remember going to that with my dad, and we both had such a blast. Yeah, because I, I, I love the Beatles. They're tied for my favorite band of all time with uh, Counting Crows. I don't know why. Okay. I just love, I love. It's there's just something about Adam Durrett's lyrics that like just whenever he released a song or whenever the band released a song, it seemed like they were like following my life. So that's just why I, you know, like it was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I can understand life now because they released a new song, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, the Beatles are my classic favorite band. I listen to them constantly in high school. So uh, final questions here. Is there anything else you would like to say before we go? Um, Any wise words of encouragement or anything mm -hmm. fun? You know what? Go Rockets, go Irish. <laughs> Those are like the big teams I follow. Um, yeah. Go Lions, even though they choked last week. And Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> the closest they've gotten in a long time. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, yeah, I mean, for, um, on a more serious note, I would say, um, yeah, if you're in the creative field at all in the Toledo area, I salute you. Keep making great art and keep 
making a difference. That is my big message to all the creative folks in the 419 area. And uh, final thing, where can and or would you like to be found online? Um, You can find Anthony Wright Films on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're interested in following our latest film production of The Ride to Nowhere, feel free to check us out on the same platforms. We're always posting content, always keeping people updated on uh, screenings, uh, film festival showings, and all that fun stuff. And we'll be sure we'll be sure to uh, share the uh, links to those on our in our show notes if anybody uh, wants to find those um, and is too lazy to look it up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your time today, Anthony. Um, if you ever like to come back on, like once the movie's done or anything, feel free to let us know and we'd love to have you back. Of course, of course. And I know um, a couple actors and actresses would be really eager to talk as well. We're definitely, yeah. we're really excited to share this production with everyone and it's going to be a fun ride. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I People, some people are getting annoyed with that analogy, but it's not yeah. that that metaphor, but uh it's, it's not going away anytime soon. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Okay, that was uh, my interview there with Anthony Wright. Hopefully you learned something about filmmaking from that, what to do. And if nothing else, you've learned that the Toledo area in Northwest Ohio is a good place to find a lot of talented people and uh, people, whether it be musicians or writers or actors or comedians or whatever, you know. You can find that. Any uh, final thoughts here today, Sesame? Yes, I learned everything about filmmaking from this interview. Everything? Everything, yes. How many movies have you made since listening to the interview? Um, negative five. Negative five? How is that possible? Anything is possible. Did, when it comes did, to... did you did... do a David Zaslov and just, you know, have a movie that was already completely made and just not release it? Like Batgirl? Yeah. Actually, I'm going to re-negative by and to make that into a real thing. So Batgirl's coming out because of me. Okay. You've heard it here f first, folks. I wouldn't bet your money on it, but Batgirl oh, is don't. coming out because Sesame says so. Oh, don't gamble. It's not you're going to lose your money. Okay. So anyways, um, folks, if you enjoyed this interview and you want to hear more interviews, let us know. You can message me at micahcullenpark.com. Also, if you want to check out our show, you can... Um, Go to all2real2.com and find all of our links there. You can uh, follow us on social media. Also, um, we have a Patreon and a Public, where you can get some cool merchandise. And uh, one of the best ways to help uh, help our show is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can give us reviews. Also, be sure to just like share the show with your friends on uh, social media if you feel like it. I'm not trying to demand anything from anybody. Nope. Folks, just remember one thing that I love you. I'm sure Anthony Wright loves you. Mm -hmm. And Sesame loves you. And until next time, bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Hawes. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment 
action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you gotta do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. 